أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على رسوله سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه وأزواجه وذرياته وأهل بيته ومن تبعهم بإحسان وبعد Today we wanted to read from the writings of Mawana Masihullah Khan who is from the great Khulafa of the Silsila of Mawana Ashraf Ali Tanwi Ta'ala and he gives uh, a set of general admonitions and advices to the seeker. Um, we're using the translation by White Thread Press. Um, these were, mashallah, the Ahlullah. Mawana Masihullah Khan uh, was the Shaykh al-Hadith and the principal of the uh, Madrasa Miftah al-Ulum in Jalalabad in India and in, in UP. There's course, of course, there's a number of cities with the name Jalalabad. Um, I'm not. We're not talking about the one in Afghanistan, but the one, uh, the one in in uh, UP, um, the same province as the the, the Indian capital. Um, he was a person of great piety, and many of the ulama that are in America. Uh, and in South Africa and in England, the senior ulama uh, were his students. And many of the younger ulama are the students of his students. And uh, I had the honor of meeting a, a great number of his students, all of which maintained steadfastly that uh, Mulana Masihullah Khan was a, a, a wali of Allah, one of Allah's friends, and one of uh, the most pious people that they, they ever met uh, in their lives. Uh, and one of the uh, one of the ulama who is involved with Sanha with the South African National Halal Authority in South Africa Molana Hashim Wadia for those of you who are in Seattle I think he's a relative of the Imam of the Bellevue Masjid's wife Molana Fazl's wife he's he's one of his relatives um he was the personal assistant and personal servant of uh, of Molana Masihullah Khan in uh, Jalalabad where he studied uh, for quite some time and uh, he mentions uh, he mentioned so many uh, strange and wonderful and sometimes miraculous stories about the sheikh um, one of which uh, I thought I could share before reading from this tract from his book um, which was that the madrasa the salaries of the asatiza were not paid for quite some time and uh, even the asatiza who were accustomed to those things, even to this day, most people who teach the ulum they don't get paid. Um, and uh, most of the students who learn the ulum nobody supports them. It's just from the barakah, from the deen of Allah Taala, the one who wants it bad enough, they make the intention to sacrifice, and Allah Taala gets them through it. But uh, uh, so they weren't paid for such a such a such a long time. And it was starting to become very difficult for them. So a couple of people kind of made ishara toward Mulana Saab that, you know, can we, can, can something be done about this? And so finally what happened was a, uh, a, uh, a, a, a phone call came from, from Delhi, from the capital, saying that some patron has donated a, a large sum of money for the madrasa, uh, enough to pay the salaries, the back salaries of the asatiza the teachers and so someone should just go go pick up the cash from 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 the capital and bring it back to Jalalabad uh, so that it can be distributed to the 
to the to the teachers and for the expenses of the madrasa. And so Moana Hashim said that he had um, he had uh, uh, gotten the order from the sheikh that you go go take a bag, just bring back all these banknotes from from the capital. Uh, and uh, inshallah, go accept delivery of of these things. And this is a mashallah a sign of his piety and righteousness that the sheikh would entrust him with with the money. Um, and so he went and uh, picked up the the cash. And now he had to travel by bus back. It's not like you know people have cars and things like that. And for those of you who have traveled through weird backwater parts of um, what uh, we call arrogantly the third world. Um, you know that, that those are not comfortable journeys and oftentimes they're not safe journeys either. Uh, oftentimes there are um, brigands that will rob those buses and really there's nothing you can do about it. There's really nothing you can do about it. So he said that on the way back he had a duffel bag full of, full of uh, 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 money and uh, uh, brigands stopped the bus and boarded it with, with weapons, uh, with guns. And, uh, uh, one of the brigands, he pointed the gun, pointed the gun at him and said, do you have anything of value? Just tell us right now. Otherwise we will kill you. So Moana Hashem said, yep, the money's right here. <laughs> this, this bag is full of money. Don't kill me, please. And so they grabbed the, they grabbed the bag and opened it and they just started pulling out newspaper after newspaper after newspaper. Uh, all they were pulling out was newspapers and they got very upset with him and they even hit him with the gun and said that you're, you know, you're, you're, you're trying to make fun of us and you're wasting our time and you're not showing us respect. We should kill you for this. But, uh, um, you know, we should kill you for this. This is stupidity on your part that you should say something like this to us and just, uh, you know, joke about it. You're lucky we're going to let you, let you live. So they passed on. And so Mulana said that he was, uh, uh, he was astounded. Like, how did that happen? You know, that they're pulling newspapers out of the bag and there's no, there's no money there. And so he was dejected. He didn't understand what happened, but you know, whatever. So he came with the bag and, uh, when he re- reached Jalalabad, he went into the madrasa and, uh, Mulana asked him, uh, asked him, you know, like what happened? And he says, I got the money, but, you know, and this thing happened, we were getting robbed, and the, the, you know, they, all they found was newspapers inside of the bag. I have no idea where the money went. And so Mulana says, Mulana says, open the bag, the money's all there. So he opened the bag again, and it was filled with cash. It was filled with the cash that, that they were sent with. And, uh, you know, these types of stories, I mean, our yaqeen and our iman is on the book of Allah and his Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So, you know, these ty- types of stories, um, we tell them with the intention of what? That these are all karamat and these are all, um, signs of the proof of the truth of what Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam brought. Um, but they're also vouchsafed at the hands of those people who claim the truth of that claim as well. And so, uh, Mu'ana Hashim is still alive. You can go visit him in, in Johannesburg. I heard the story directly from him in the company of a number of ulama, mashallah. And, uh, uh, so, you know, you should know who this book is written from. Uh, and this is just one example of a litany of, uh, of, of amazing things that people have told me about the Shaykh. May Allah Ta'ala have mercy on him. And, uh, may Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala sanctify his secret. 
So he gives general admonition that the Amir al-Mu'mineen, the Imam of the East and West, our master Sayyidina Ali ibn Abi Talib, radiyallahu ta'ala anhu wa karramallahu wajhahu, said, I have selected from the noble Torah 12 statements and I reflect on these statements thrice daily. Allah Ta'ala said in, in, in the Torah, O mankind, never fear any devil or king as long as my reign endures. O mankind, never be worried about our food as long as you find my treasuries full. My treasuries never decrease nor will they be depleted. And these are two things everybody, uh, you know, gets very fussed and worked up about, uh, whether, you know, Trump is in the White House or Obama is in the White House or Bush is in the White House or which king is on what throne and what the, you know, the different political machinations that are occurring in the world uh, are occurring. And definitely Islam doesn't teach quietism or pacifism or, uh, 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 doesn't teach that a person should, uh, you know, uh, let go of political matters but at the same time you're supposed to be concerned with those things that you're con- that are your concern and the fact of the matter is nobody cares about your political opinion nor do you have any way of exerting it so the maximum you're obliged to do is uh, love the people of justice and hate the the oppressors and if someone can put something together at a grassroots level that practically has any impact, that's a different matter. But most people will never do that. Most people will never be able to do that. And many people who think they will be able to do it are, are fooling themselves. And really, uh, you know, the path to affecting those things has to do with grassroots and simple uh, choices people make. But that's not the topic of tonight's discussion. So we will we will let that go for now. It says, mankind never fear any devil or king as long as my reign endures. O mankind, never be worried about our food as long as you find my treasuries full. My treasuries never decrease, nor will they be depleted. O mankind, when you become helpless in any affair, call me and most certainly you will find me. I am the bestower of all things and all goodness. What's the sunnah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and his Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam? The sunnah of the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is when he needed something, he would make wudu and he would pray two raka'az and entreat Allah ta'ala earnestly for help. And the sunnah of Allah is when somebody does that, Allah Ta'ala helps them. The person who has no one else to turn to and the person who is, 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 is racked to the maximum, uh, when they call upon Allah Ta'ala, Allah Ta'ala indeed answers that person. In this world, He'll answer that person whether they're a Muslim or a Kafir. So how, how much more do you think that dua is worth and important to Allah Ta'ala coming from someone who says, La ilaha illallah Muhammadur Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. O mankind, be assured that I regard you as my friend, therefore befriend me. O mankind, do not cease to fear me until you have crossed the Sirat, the bridge uh, that, that crosses from the place of judgment into Jannah on the day of judgment, meaning until you've reached your maqam in Jannah, never cease to fear me. O mankind, I've created you out of dust, out of a blood clot and out of semen. I was not without perfect power when creating you. So how then should I be without power to feed you? Why then do you seek from others? O mankind, I have created all things for you, and I have created you for my worship. But you have become trapped in what has been created for your service, and you have drifted away from me for the sake of others. O mankind, all creation desires something for themselves, while I desire you for my own sake, but you run from me. I apologize, let me read that again. O mankind, all creation desires something for themselves, while I desire you for your own sake. 
but you run from me. So everyone wants something for themselves. He says, I want you for me, but it's for your own good. It's not for anything that, that happens for me. Uh, but you still run from me. O oh, mankind, you are displeased with me because of the desires of your nafs. But never did you become displeased with your nafs for my sake. O oh, mankind, worshipping me is an obligation on you. And providing you sustenance is an obligation on me. But in most cases, you are negligent in your obligation, while I am never negligent in feeding you. O mankind, you seek future sustenance even today, but I do not desire from you the worship of the future, meaning I'm not in need of it. It doesn't bother me or it's not a stress that I have. O mankind, you will forever remain in peace and comfort if you're content with that which I have given you. If you're not content with it, I will assert the greed of the world over you. It will then cause you to run from pillar to post and from door to door like a dog in utter humiliation. And then too, you will only obtain that which has been predestined for you. Further, the Shaykh gives advice. He says, a sinner who repents is nobler than a man whose worship is accompanied by pride. And this is sufficient as an honor for the, the, the people who have reached the maqam of tawbah and repentance. The sign of the heart enjoying a connection with Allah Most High is the heart's inability to find enjoyment in any relationship of the world. The sign of a heart enjoying a connection with Allah Most High is the heart's inability to find enjoyment in any relationship in the world. Sleep with death under your pillow, and when you arise, do not have much hope in life. Never consider sin to be small. Regard sin as great. He who thinks slightly of sin has considered Allah to be most insignificant. A'udhu Billah. Guard against your nafs at all times. Abstention from sin of greater importance, uh, 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 abstention from sin is of greater importance than plentiful worship. Abstention from sin is of greater importance than plentiful worship. So obviously, like if you miss your five daily prayers, that in and of itself is a sin. But the, the, those modes of worship that have not been made obligatory upon you, as wonderful as they are and as beneficial as they are to a person in this world and the hereafter, abstention from sin is of greater importance than plentiful worship. A small amount of lawful earning is superior to earnings which are in abundance but unlawful. Respect is in contentment and comfort in abstention. Sturdy patience is to be pleased with one's lot. If you want to have sabr that endures, you must be pleased with what Allah has given you. It is of the acts of courage that one acquires knowledge of the religion, practice perfectly with, perfectly with sincerity, and be fully contented and adopt beautiful patience. It is of the acts of courage which requires the knowledge of religion. It is of the acts of courage that one acquires the knowledge of religion, practice perfectly with sincerity, and be fully contented and adopt beautiful patience. Beautiful patience of Sabr al-Jameel is that patience which is uh, accompanied by no complaint at all. A sheep is nobler than a man who sacrifices the commands of Allah for the sake of his desire, for the call of the shepherd is heard by the sheep. The association of the pious is better than acts of piety, and the association of evil is worse than acts of evil. So be careful who you keep company with. The non-existence of, er of even a grain of vanity and falsehood in one is an aspect of gnosis, of knowing Allah Ta'ala. The non-existence of even a grain of vanity and falsehood in one is an aspect of knowing Allah Ta'ala. 
The look cast without the intention of gaining admonition and learning is total neglect and a medium of disgrace. Freedom is obtained by trampling the desires of the lower self underfoot. Elimination of envy occasions the love of Allah Ta'ala. Why is that? Because envy is a sin because it is an objection against Allah Ta'ala who chose to give something to someone and not to you. When speaking, speak the truth, whether in anger or in happiness. Three persons depart with regret at the time of death. A man who spent his life accumulating wealth without having realized contentment. A man who did not obtain that which he wished for, and a man who did not prepare his store for the hereafter. Abstain from the companionship of a friend who causes you no benefit in the hereafter. The friendship of worldly people is like something that has a beautiful color, but a bad taste. Our master Sayyidina Hassan bin Ali radiallahu ta'ala anhum has said, Never listen to music no matter what rank you have obtained. The knowledge of a man who prefers conversation with people to remembrance of Allah Ta'ala is very little. His heart is blind and his life is wasted. The knowledge of a man who prefers conversation with people to the remembrance of Allah is little. His heart is blind and his life is wasted. The least degree of harm that befalls a man who befriends the world is that Allah Most High eliminates the pleasure of his remembrance and the supplication from his heart. The least degree of harm that befalls a man who befriends the world is that Allah Ta'ala eliminates the pleasure of his remembrance and the supplication from his heart. The devil does not bother about the one who in this world is a seeker of the pleasure of the lower self because such a person has himself gone astray. What purpose will the devil have in seeking him out? Said our Shaykh Mulana uh, Wasir, Allah Ta'ala mercy on him, was from amongst the very great friends of Allah Ta'ala and the awliya of Allah. A man requested advice from him. The Shaykh said, I will give you such advice by means of which you may become the king of the world and obtain peace in the hereafter. Adopt zuhud, abstention from this world. Never have any greed or hope with regards to any man. See all creation to be dependent on Allah. It is then evident that you will become independent of all creation. This is the meaning of becoming a king. Ruin comes to a person from six avenues. Weakness of intention regarding the acts of the hereafter. This is so, this is so important and it's so simple and it's so, uh, uh, basic that one might think it requires no Stating, but the problem is, it's completely thrown behind people's back. Nobody looks at it. The ruin comes to a person from six avenues. The first he mentions is weakness of intention regarding the acts of the hereafter. That nobody does anything except for if it's going to be on Facebook or it's going to be on Twitter or it's going to be on the internet or it's in front of other people or it's going to make money or it's going to politically have some sort of benefit. It's going to be some sort of political stunt or, or God knows what. People don't, people think these things don't have any purpose at all. And they say, um, really, honestly, the most the stupidest of things. They say, oh, alhamdulillah, mashallah, finally someone's doing something useful. And, you know, mashallah, uh, uh, you know, it's like they belittle the acts of worship. And if somebody does something that, but that money or dunya is connected to, as it's as if that person, like, you know, rediscovered America or something like that. Uh, it's not, it's not, you know, it's not really that big deal. The sower the of people, that those things that are spiritual and those things that are hidden inside the heart, that there's some sort somehow subservient or weak or not as important as 
those things that are involved in some sort of material benefit, even though those things have great khair in them as well. But the tasawwur that the, the tasawwur or the, the conception that uh material things somehow have more importance than 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 spiritual things is completely a cause of people's ruin. And because of because of the uh, assumption that people have that that material things are more important, their deen has also become completely material. And so they have weakness in, in, in making intention. When you do something for the sake of Allah Ta'ala, if somebody says, you know, the Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, this is an occasion for your najat, for your salvation. Allah Ta'ala said, this is an occasion for your increasing in rank with Him. Your heart should desire it. Your heart should crave it. Your heart should want it. You should make your heart practice that desire and practice that, 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 that love and that intense focus. Um, and let it become stronger and stronger because it will guide you to a better way and it will keep guiding you until it takes you to your maqam in Jannah. But unfortunately, we've like learned to kill that inside of us. So ruin comes to a person from six avenues. Weakness of intention regarding acts of the hereafter. Obedience to the commands of the devil and striving in that direction. In spite of the nearness of death. To entertain distant hopes and plans. In spite of the nearness of death, to entertain distant hopes and plans. Once you reach the age of 40, what are you going to do with your money? What are you going to do? You, you're, you own your house, so you're almost about to own your house. Um, you own, an, you know, property. You have a good job. Your children are educated or getting educated. What else do you need? Why is it that people have these things where they just hold on to uh, stuff and they have to, like, you know, uh, you know, literally die with uh, hundreds of thousands of dollars in the bank account? And it really never ceases to astonish me. I mean, some people, Subhanallah, despite not really having so much money or having such a great job or having so much education they have these huge storehouses of money in the in the bank so someone has you know 300 grand in the bank someone has 100 grand in the bank someone has fifty thousand dollars in the bank and for reasons Allah ta'ala only knows best and uh, um, you know the people make these things obviously if you need the money for something you're saving it for something that's a need of yours that's something completely different but the idea that people have these long arc plans um, that in their old age, when they really don't need any of those things, they really can't enjoy any of them, but they still have this love of the dunya inside of them. They have to just keep doing it for the sake of the dunya. Um, they adopt these uh, uh, long hopes and plans. This is one of the avenues of ruin and destruction of a person. To adopt the pleasure of people in preference to the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala. To adopt the pleasure of people in preference to the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala. This is something also that, 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 that's, you know, it's something that, Allahu Alam, you know, we have this, um, this, uh, immigrant mentality where we're completely conflict averse. We're completely conflict averse. Um, we will not say anything to anyone, even if they're doing something wrong. And we will not do what is right out of fear that other people are not going to like it. And the strange thing is, in dunya we matters. We've come to America. Americans really don't care what other people think about them. In some ways, it's a good thing. I mean, if you're doing something good, then to not care about what other people think about you is a wonderful thing. Al-Iqbalu al-Allahi wal-Idbaru an-Nas to to to. Uh, look toward Allah Ta'ala and be concerned about His opinion of you or His, what He, how He sees you and to turn your back to the people and not to be concerned about what they think of you. This is one of the, the, the qualities of, of being a person, uh, of Allah Ta'ala's friendship. But what we do is we come to America and we see that other people don't really care what other people think about them. 
And for some reason, when it comes to dunya, we become like that. I'm going to do what I'm going to do. I don't care what you think about it. Okay, you have your job. You you have fun. I have my job. I'll have fun. You have your business. You enjoy yourself. I'll have my business. And this is so we let let people let ourselves do those things, and we don't like fear what other people are going to say about us. But when it comes to matters of deen, for some strange reason, we have this thing that we call da'wah. And, uh, you know, da'wah, it's a kind of like this very simple concept of calling people to that which is, uh, what, which is better, but it's morphed into like having a life of its own to the point where a person who should not have any instant of their life pass without the remembrance of Allah and without the understanding that Allah is watching them, whether that remembrance or that, 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 uh, 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 you know, awareness is there in them or not, they completely are just watching what other people are going to say. So I'm not going to pray because other other people might find it off-putting. I'm not going to say the haq because other people might find it off-putting. I'm not going to read this book. I'm not going to change the way I dress. I'm not going to change the way I eat. I'm not going to change the way I do anything in my life because it's what other people will see it and it's quote-unquote bad for da'wah. Uh, and this is something I don't I, I don't see any precedent for it in the in the sunnah. Um, and this is definitely not even what da'wah means. If anything, you should show people a better way of living uh, uh, and a better way of acting and a better way of behaving if they don't accept it today or tomorrow the haq cannot abide in the heart of a uh, person uh, except for they have to accept it someday some moment before they they pass from this world and afterward whether they act upon it or not is their problem but uh, uh, that's that's the way that's the way that is so he mentions an avenue of destruction uh, in what to adopt the pleasure of people in preference to the pleasure of Allah to abstain from the sunnah of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam because of the de- obedience uh, to the desires of the lower self. Uh, and the sunnah, and so many of the sunnah are matruk for, for God knows what reason. And you tell someone it's a sunnah and they'll say, oh, it's not practical, it's not this, it's not that, it's not the other thing. And, uh, uh, you know, the, the fact is that the sunnah is the safinatun najah. It's the ark of Sayyidina Nuh alayhi salam that saved him from the flood. It's the ark that will save us from the, the flood of the day of judgment. To abstain from the sunnah of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam because of obedience to the desire of the lower self. To cite errors of the previous awliya of Allah ta'ala to show proof of one's own acts being excellent and to bury their, their excellence. Meaning to have a bad opinion of those people who came before. This is a complete, this is a complete like uh, description of the age we live in. Allah Ta'ala be our protection that the aslaf, the people Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam literally bore witness to their excellence. Uh, the sahaba, the tabi'een, the taba tabi'een, you can openly hear people saying, oh well, the reason we do this, maybe Sayyidina Umar didn't hear the hadith, the reason we do that, this is a mistake of Abu Hanifa and the mistake of Malik, this is the mistake of these people and that people, not to mention any of the intervening centuries of, of genius scholarship that, that, that preserved and that elucidated precedents in the law and in creed and hadith, tafsir and all of these things, but nowadays people feel very free to uh, criticize and take pot shots, and we don't say any of these people are ma'asum, that they're uh, um, divinely protected from error or that they are infallible uh, because that's not the case at all. Uh, nobody's infallible in the ummah after Sayyidina Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. But the idea that a person from the Khalaf al-Khasir is going to come and say that they're better than the Salaf al-Salih from the losers of the, the end part of the ummah, that they're going to say that they're going to come with an assumption that they understood something more about the deen than than the than the previous people. Um, this is a completely ridiculous idea that's odds with uh, 
that it's, that's at odds with our aqidah when it comes to the first uh, generations of the ummah. After that, and it's a, it's a, it's it's basically it's like the escalator to the hellfire. Uh, and, and after that, the uh, 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 the idea that that like you know we're going to talk talk like you know very arrogantly and pass judgments on the people who came before us in iman um it's it's a ridiculous idea allah ta'ala in his own book he 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 described the people of iman as what walladhina ja'u min ba'dihim yaquluna rabbana ighfir lana wa li ikhwanina alladhina sabaquna bil iman wa la taj'al fi qulubihim fi qulubina ghillan lilladhina amanu rabbana innaka ra'ufur rahim is the people who come after the muhajirin and after the Ansar, the people who come after uh, the the believers who come later in the Ummah, they they're they're saying their statement will be, "Oh, our Lord, forgive not, forgive us, and forgive our brothers who came before us in faith, and don't put in our hearts rancor toward uh, other believers." Uh, oh, our Lord, you are indeed uh, kind and merciful. Uh, and so the idea of the Ahlullah, the people of Allah Ta'ala, their attitude toward, in general, toward the people who came before us in the Ummah, the Ulama and the Awliya and the Salihin is what? Is that, uh, uh, is that, Ya Allah, forgive them. You have a good opinion of them and you feel a debt of gratitude toward them. Um, the attitude of the people of Jahannam is what? Every time an ummah of people will be entered into the hellfire, may Allah Ta'ala be our protection. And you'll see all of these uh, sick and depraved people that, that, that value money more than human life and value material things more than the honor and dignity of another human being and who value the material pittance of this world more than the remembrance of Allah who created them and gave them so much. All those umam, all those nations as they enter into the hellfire, every time one nation enters, it curses the nation that came before it and blames it for its, its, its uh, problems. So people who, people who have this kind of like, you know, holier than thou or, uh, paternalistic type attitude toward those who came before us in, in, in the ummah, um, that's really just not a good sign. The sign of love for Allah most high is that one follows the character, acts, laws, and ways of the beloved messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. These ten attitudes will prove greatly beneficial in this world and the hereafter. Truth with sincerity, justice with creation, wrath with the lower self, service to Allah's friends and to the awliya of Allah ta'ala, love and mercy upon the little ones, generosity with those people who are seeking Allah, advice and admonition to friends, patience with enemies, silence with the ignorant, and humility with the people of knowledge. Stay among the people, but remain aloof. Your body should be amongst the creation, but your heart should be with the Creator. This will ensure that negligence does not overtake you. Beware of such negligence, lest you conform with the people in the ways that entail the opposition to Allah Ta'ala and entail His displeasure. The sign of proximity and love of Allah Most High is in shunning all things that hinder the love of Allah. The sign of proximity and love with Allah Most High, the sign that He loves you is that you shun all those things that hinder that love. There are two kinds of repentance, Tawbatul Inama and Tawbatul Istijaba. The first is to repent of sins because of the fear of Allah Ta'ala's punishment. The second is to resort to repentance because of shame for Allah Most High, shame in front of Allah Most High. One's worship is absolutely insignificant in the presence of His Majesty and 
splendor. Every part of the body has its repentance. The repentance of the heart is to abstain from the unlawful, the intention uh, to abstain from the unlawful, because the heart is the seed of intention. The repentance of the eye is to not glance at forbidden things. The repentance of the ear is to not listen to evil and nonsensical talk. The repentance of the hands is not to raise them toward that which has been forgiven in order to grasp them. The repentance of the stomach is to refrain from consuming the unlawful. So go and uh, you know check who, what your halal advocates, the uh, certified outlets are, and encourage uh, you know the people to do these things. Because what to have a system? I mean, Allah Taala, all of these things. The, the route to sainthood is to only consume the lawful. That means the route to sainthood entails all of those things that build the infrastructure in order for that to happen. In order for that to happen, you have uh, you know you have these kind of uh, 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 yahoos running around outside telling people caliphate, 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 and they have a McDonald's burger inside of their hands. You're not making any caliphate, brother. You don't even know how to eat and drink properly. How are you going to run a government properly? Nobody becomes a saint and nobody becomes a wali of Allah Taala through the consumption of the haram. These are pieces to that puzzle, and this is one thing that that this is one of the reasons I call these different groups uh, 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 with very little respect is because our akabir and our aslaf had genuine genuine concern of how to ex- establish the hukum of Allah and his rasul sallallahu alaihi wasallam in the earth and they did they went about doing that from the ground up and you shoot sometimes you shoot for the stars land on the moon something was made and it's a project that other people can then continue with but if you think you're going to implement everything from the top down when you yourself not only don't know the sharia but secretly inside don't respect it uh, you're not going to get anywhere so the repentance of the stomach is what to refrain from consuming the unlawful it's enough it's enough we've eaten enough uh, and it's not helping us at all this month is a, a testament to that leave it Forsake those things that are, 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 are questionable and forsake those things that are haram. Don't let them enter into your stomach lest your repentance be uh, snatched away from you because of the uh, inability to give up uh, uh, the, the base desires of the self. And if there's anybody you know who has the right to lecture about it, it's me because there's nobody who loves these things more than I do. But at the end of the day, you know, even I have an aql, I have a brain inside of my head. No matter how much I love eating and drinking, there's no one who has half a, half a brain cell left in his head who's going to prefer it over the love of Allah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and the, 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 the path of His Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa The repentance of one's modesty is to abstain from immorality and from fornication, and Allah ta'ala protect us from that. A contemptible person is one who, despite being ignorant of the path of Allah ta'ala, does not ask about it. I mean, the person doesn't know anything and he still doesn't ask. Allah Ta'ala created us for a reason. If you're not even going to ask about him, how contemptible is that? And, uh, you know, we don't look at people and say, oh, look, this person is such a fool and he's so horrible. But at the same time, you know, nobody looks at a beggar just because you don't cuss out a beggar when you see it. It also doesn't mean that you say, yeah, this person's okay as well. You understand innately that there's something wrong about the the, the position that person's in. Uh, and that is a material wrongness. And you ask Allah Ta'ala to re- rectify it. How much worse is it if somebody is in a state of spiritual wrongness? You should not have contempt for that person because really it's not your right and my right to judge. But at the same time, it's not okay. It's not cool. I mean, it makes a person who really has the sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ in their heart, when they see someone like that, they make, make dua, Ya Allah, guide these, this person and guide, guide these people and guide me also that we shouldn't pass from this world uh, being completely ignorant of the reason that you uh, created us for.
uh, a contemptible person and don't look up to people like that. It's wrong. It's an act of, uh, it's a, an act that's against Iman and an act that diminishes Iman inside of one's heart. Uh, don't look up to such people. A contemptible person is one who despite being ignorant of the path of Allah Ta'ala doesn't ask about it, doesn't seek it at all. People said to our master Bayezid Bustami, rahimullah tabarak wa ta'ala, uh, Bayezid Bustami, who was one of the legendary mashayikh of the, uh, of, of, of Islam, and they said, you are a performer of many miracles. You walk on the surface of water. He replied, this is no miracle as twigs also float on water. The people said, you can fly in the air. He replied, this too is no miracle for tiny insects also fly in the air. The people said, it is indeed a great miracle that within a single night you can travel to Mecca, Mokarrama. He replied, this too is also nothing. Sorcerers go from one place to another in uh, in a single night, uh, large distances. He he uh, he replied, this too is not a miracle. Sorcerers journey in a single night from such and such place to such and such place uh, miraculously. The people said, if none of these things are miracles, then what is a miracle? He replied, a miracle is the heart's obsession with none other than Allah. This is a miracle. If someone Allah Ta'ala vouchsafed it to him, that person really, uh, Allah has made them. This is the one miracle more than uh, f- flying in the air and floating on the water and turning rocks into gold and all this other uh, uh, stuff, wonderful stuff. This is the one miracle I ask Allah Ta'ala that He vouchsafe for me one day also from His karam and from His from His generosity and His nobility and that that He give for all of us, everyone from the Ummah of Sayyidina Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. The people said, if none of these things are miracles, what then is a miracle? He replied, a miracle is the heart's obsession with none beside Allah. Your relationship with your shaykh should be like the relationship of our master Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala anhu with the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He never contradicted the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in either a religious or worldly uh, affair. Your shaykh on the other hand at the same time uh, should fit the description given by our master Imam Junaid rahimahullah ta'ala that he should be with the noble Quran in his right hand and the sunnah of the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in the other and that he walks in the light of these two lamps so that he does not fall, fall into the pit of doubt nor the darkness of reprehensible innovation. When Man considers his lower self to be despicable and contemptible. It is a sign of Allah's loving him and honoring him. When man considers his lower self to be despicable and contemptible, it is a sign of Allah's loving him and honoring him. His wish to desire to accumulate money, fame, leadership, uh, uh, to eat and to drink and to indulge his uh, uh, lower senses, his lower uh, appetites uh, uh, as supreme. When that person, that thing inside of them, he considers it despicable and contemptible. It is a sign of Allah's loving him and honoring him. Again, look, this doesn't mean that, that, that the, the, the people, you know, of Allah's love are the ones who have no nafs or that have no uh, desires. Everyone has these things. Some people, Allah Ta'ala gives them the upper hand over them to the point where they control them. But the sign that Allah loves you is not that you don't have those things. It's a sign that you consider them contemptible and despicable. When that happens, it's a sign that Allah Ta'ala loves that person. And when he considers his lower self to be honorable, and uh, when his defects remain hidden from him, meaning that that person thinks they're perfect or, or a good person, this is a sign that Allah Ta'ala abhors him. When a person considers his lower self to be honorable, and when his defects remain hidden from him, uh, 
it is a sign of Allah Ta'ala's abhorrence of him. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us the tawfiq of being people who consider our nufus contemptible and despicable. May he show us our, our, our shortcomings and give us the opportunity to repent for them and to rectify them before we leave from this world. May Allah Ta'ala give us the best of karamat and miracles of all that our hearts should be occupied by none other than him. Allah Ta'ala give all of us so much tawfiq. Uh, this is one of the nights of Ramadan. Now it's, mashallah, this, the 17th, the, the 17th night of Ramadan, I believe. And, uh, that means what? That means most of Ramadan has passed. Uh, sorry, it is, yeah, it is the 17th, uh, sorry, the 16th, the 16th night of Ramadan, which means the majority of Ramadan has passed. And, uh, 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 the last 10 days will start now. So whoever hasn't gotten up to pray, get up to pray. Whoever hasn't started reading, start reading. Whoever hasn't, uh, uh, you know, given their zakat and their sadaqat and all of these things, give them now for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and take whatever you can, uh, in what's left in these last nights. And remember, inshallah, when the last 10 nights start, and the dua of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Allahumma innaka afuun, tuhibbul afwa fa'afu anni. Oh Allah, you're the one who loves forgiveness, so forgive me. Allah Ta'ala give us all of these great things that were mentioned in Nisbah with all of these great people who were mentioned and give us husnul khatima that we should die with iman and die with the words of la ilaha illallah just as we ask him to live by them as well and that he should accept it from us. Wa sallallahu ta'ala ala rasulihi sayyidina muhammadin wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in.